Welcome to Autism Weekly, the podcast that discusses autism news, current events, and inclusion. Each week, we welcome a guest to the program to share their unique perspective and expertise as it relates to the fascinating world of autism. I'm your host, Jeff Skibitsky. I'm the founder and president at ABS. I've been in the field of autism and applied behavior analysis as a clinician and advocate for nearly two decades. This week, we welcome Rachel Grandin Martinez to the podcast to talk about summer fun and creativity in ABA treatment delivery. Should be a super fun topic. Uh, Rachel has been in the field of ABA for the past seven years and has seen firsthand how powerful summer learning can be for a child on the spectrum. We're thrilled to learn more about how families can get the most out of their ABA therapy program while still having an awesome amount of fun. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So I'd love to kind of get to know you a little bit as far as how you got into the field and give us a little bit of background before we jump into the topic, just because this is all about fun. And I would imagine that creativity probably led you this direction, but what, what led you to autism and the field of behavior analysis? Sure. Yeah. So I started out as a novice BT. I knew I enjoyed working with kids and the kids just kind of stole my heart and led me to pursue the career in behavior analysis. Yeah. And I mean, that, that behavior therapist or BT role, I, I think that it's such a, it's demanding, but it, it's one that's so enriching because you get to see these kids in their element, just having so much fun and really learning and developing new skills and, and becoming more confident. So how, how do we do this with, uh, with summer? And how do we take a less structured time and make it something that the child still has a ton of learning opportunities? That's a good question. I think most parents and even therapists, um, they're a little afraid of summer, right? We have all this unstructured time and we once had all of this stability and now it seems to be crumbling away, but that doesn't really have to be that way. I think summer definitely provides the opportunity for more learning opportunities in a naturalistic setting, more time if that's an option, if you can um, extend your session times and you can take sessions outside. So we can go in the backyard and explore. We can have peers enjoy time with our clients and we can engage in different um, opportunities that wouldn't really be available during maybe the school year or other times of the year. So, but you, you mentioned naturalistic learning and it, it, applied behavior analysis started like most sciences. It, it started as research. It started as a lab science. So when people have that initial vision, it's drill, drill, drill. How can you get that same consistency, but doing it in such a fun way? What does that look like? Right. So I think the first thing you do is identify your goals. So if you want to work with a child on language development or sociodramatic play or gross motor skills, you'll start there and then just bring in the fun. So I kind of live by the motto, if you're not having fun, your client's probably not having fun. So it's simple. If you have maybe a baking sheet and some kinetic sand and some toy animals or dinosaurs, and you can 
either inside or outside bring some twigs and maybe even leaves in, you've got this whole imagination, magical kingdom you've created. And now your child can mand and we can work on emotional reciprocity and the sociodramatic play. We can talk to each other. Siblings can join in, parents can join in. So you can create this fantasy world in your backyard or kitchen or bedroom um, just by being a little creative. Does it, does it become challenging when you have siblings or, or friends of the children that we're working with that have unstructured time while you're trying to create this, this new environment where you're really trying to do therapy, but in a way where the child is, is feeling like it's all play, like it's engagement, like everything that they're doing is you entering their world, not them entering yours. Right. Does it become harder without that, without that common structure of a school day? I think it is in the beginning. I found that to be most difficult, but I felt like if you just leaned into it, more opportunities arose. So ideally we want eventually to fade ourselves out. And so the more opportunities we have for this natural interaction between siblings or peers, the more opportunities we have for growth. So if siblings are home, yes, it's a little bit more variable and you have less control, but you have the ability to engage with your client and incorporate strategies for coping in moments that may be difficult or having them learn how to play appropriately and share and all the things that we typically teach as adults, but now we have it in the moment with, with their siblings, which is just the best way to learn. Yeah, and I would uh, just incorporating another an, a peer or another model is that we all learn better from that social model that we relate to. So seeing another child engage, it's almost like you know you you normalize therapy by by treating it as this is part of everybody's world. I remember times where we'd use swing sets and stuff like that to create new environments where you can use every component of that swing set in order to, to engage differently for different programs. Do you have examples of you know, how you've used outdoor space? Because that's a big component of summer is kids want to be outside. Have, do you have examples of how you've used that to really push the boundary of is this therapy or is this play going on? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually recently was working with a kid who has sensory defensiveness issues and his family are big, they're into gardening. And so that was a perfect opportunity for him to be involved with his family and also breaking down these barriers of sensory defensiveness while enjoying the sunshine. And so being able to teach him how to grow a flower while working on something that he probably wasn't even aware of was really fun in that sense. I also have kids who love water, but sometimes the pool or the beach is not always available. But if we grab a kiddie pool and put some water in it and maybe even some water balloons, we've just got hours of fun. And like you said, now we can take every moment for small manding opportunities or tacting and just get the child to really engage in different sort of play that they may not have even realized they enjoyed. And now you've opened another door for them to learn how to play in ways that they just weren't aware of before. 
In, in the example that you provided of the gardening with the parents and bringing them into treatment and, you know, having the child making their request or sharing their experience directly with the parents, um, what's, the, what's the family's response to this, this summer or kind of more naturalistic approach to treatment that we can do more frequently in the summertime? Yeah, I think the majority of the time they're ecstatic. I think it's easily... We all as parents feel overwhelmed. I think we have so much on our plate. And when we think of adding activities for our children, it seems like this big monster, but really it's just the activities don't need to be intricate. They just can be these small baby steps to bring everyone together and the cohesiveness. And I think families, when you show them, and like you mentioned with kids, but if we model for our parents and and then our kids begin to interact positively with their siblings and their parents. It's just this really beautiful environment that comes together and then parents can just take it from there. So if they learn that their child can engage and, and maybe um, play with them outside or garden with them, then they'll start to do that on their own and it can just kind of open doors into other areas. I would Definitely be more engaged if I'm in an environment that I can actually enjoy and have fun with my child during the treatment and make it more of a, a, a more typical engagement that I might be able to have with my other kids and having the structured support of staff there to be able to help do that. So as a behavior analyst, and how do you make sure that you have the right supports for the child to be able to engage in these outdoor activities, especially if they're with families or if you're doing a community outing. Like, how do you make sure that that's in place? That's a good question. I think, especially in the summer, if you can increase your hours, that is just an easy first step. And then if you can just plan ahead. So if you are going to do an outing, maybe make sure that the therapist is allowed in all areas. So we're typically getting more involved in day camps and, and if you want to take, um, maybe go to a museum or, or an outdoor park and, and that way we can model for the parents how to best support their child. And it's sometimes easier when you see it first than when you just are telling a parent how to do something. And so I think that if you're able to be with them in the community, and model for them and then get them to be involved and engaged, it, it breaks down the steps for them and it makes it less aversive and, and kind of less scary in their mind or in their eyes. The way that you describe that, it, it puts it into context that our whole job as clinicians is to make all these skills useful for the child in the community, for the family in the community. And when you think about even some of the basic skills with, uh, with ABA and, and autism and communication being one, is sharing experience, to label things in the environment and tell people what's exciting to you and point out things. If, if I were to go to the park, how would that replicate? Say I'm doing a, a program at home where I'm wanting the child to be able to tell me the name of different things that they're seeing so they can start that shared experience. How do I take that same program and replicate it at a park environment? Yeah, I mean, I would start by maybe, maybe taking a small walk around the park and pointing out 
things that I would know that maybe the client or the child would be interested in. So looking at birds or little finding, trying to search for worms or playing in the sand, labeling different, like you had mentioned, swings or different activities and, and really reinforcing it, having fun with it. So the child is having fun. And then pretty soon if you're labeling, they're going to want to label and then just encouraging that and reinforcing that. And, and then if a peer comes along, supporting them in kind of that introverbal behavior with their peer so that they're now engaging with others and then just getting it, that behavioral momentum going. And then, and hopefully there's just really no end to it. Yeah. And I mean, it seems like what you're ultimately doing is you're taking a treatment space and you're making it infinite is that you're just making treatment like it should be. Follow the child and just be a part of their life all the time. And for nobody to even realize, treatment's ongoing. It's, it's, it's structured, but the structure seems seamless. What happens to the families who don't have the flexibility to be able to be at home as much during the summer? Maybe these are families that have um, work that's, that doesn't have the, the hours that allow for more engagement? Are there places, are there therapy centers or, or how does that work? Yes, that would be tough. So ABA centers do have clinic-based therapy and that's a really great place to start. You get a lot of opportunities in. Also, we have inclusive summer day camps. So I would recommend looking at your local areas. I know Boys and Girls Club, YMCA, there are a few that they allow ABA in as well if you can if you have the hours for that, but they also have different camps for children on the spectrum. So there's a lot around the community if you have the time to look and and like you said, have limited with parents working limited opportunities at home. Yeah, and when I think about summer, I, I, my mind immediately goes to let's be active, let's be an engaged. And I know that there's a lot of sports programs that are out there. There's adventure type programs um, on the sports realm that I believe Miracle League Baseball or um, Ernie Els has a has a golf program um, that's set up through First Tee that allows for people to have this inclusive experience. Because the goal is, is that our kids get to experience everything that they want to. They're not limited because the environment tells them that this isn't for you. It's how do we create that? So if you have a child who um, maybe one of their biggest things to be able to experience in the summer is going to a water park or going to an amusement park or um, going out into the mountains, is therapy that mobile that it could follow kids to these places? Yeah, it actually can. I think, I think that's the greatest thing is that it doesn't have to be this concrete structured, stay in the home, in a room. It can move with the child. I mean, we work from toddlers to teens, to adolescents, to, to young adults, and we go based on their desires. Um, we, I have a 20 year old that we're working with him on integrating into the community and finding ways to hang out with his peers without mom and dad being by his side. And what would that look like? How do we get to the bus system? How do we buy lunch at uh, you know, a little market down the street? And, and that is all incorporated into ABA therapy, just the same as it would be walking a toddler to the park and having them learn to be aware of, you know, safety commands. And so it really can, like you said, follow the client's desires and needs 
and you know age appropriate for what what they're learning so when when people are experiencing these really cool fun extracurricular activities is is this something where you're expecting that they're going to be able to take all the skills and just apply them or is there extra support or how do you communicate as a behavior analyst if you want to engage your child into the community and create that independence are, are you having staff go with them to be able to create that are you talking with uh, the the people who are running the extracurricular activities and just letting them know about any sort of sensitivities that might exist or ways to approach communication so that we can create these successful opportunities all of the above i think it depends on the client but yes i mean we would if need be send staff with the client and they can be there in real time supporting and again our goal is to fade out so initially we might be there more often we might be there for their whole day camp we might be um, discussing different learning opportunities and like you said um, sensitivities with the directors of the day camps and we might get all staff on board if they're receptive to it we can discuss different strategies that are successful for us and so that maybe camp staff will use it. And then we might fade out to half day. Um, you know, sometimes it just will depend on what the child needs, but we can be in most environments and it's, it's really just open to what is best for the child. We would start top heavy and then fade out and hopefully they'll generalize these skills and they'll be able to, like you had mentioned, include themselves in all aspects of the life that they want to live. And, and that would be the ideal situation. Yeah. And I was looking in your area uh, just recently and I mean, San Diego has got some surfing camps for kids and things like that. I would love to see all the kids that, that I get to work with and my, my children and everybody being out there enjoying all these activities and the fact that there's the possibility to integrate just by providing the right supports that sounds unbelievable. It sounds like it's the right way to go and that you're giving them so much opportunity. Um, now, I guess the, the thought that I'd be having through this is just looking at, so we're, we're engaging kids, we're putting them into these opportunities in the summertime, but I'm always nervous because the most effective care and the best way to be able to achieve the best outcome for a lot of the children is maintaining consistency of the intensity of their hours, the intensity of their treatment. Is that something that's hard to do over the summer? Do families uh, sometimes feel like it's one or the other? Like I either get to go have fun or I maintain a treatment schedule. And how do you coach through that? Hopefully they don't feel that way because hopefully we've made ABA fun and built such a strong relationship both with the child and the family that we've made that clear. But if not, say services might be new or a family is just unaware, we would just lay it all out there. Let parents know that these are options. We can join them in family outings. We can join their child in day camps. We can support their child in any environment that would be receptive to ABA therapy and that we want to be there for the difficult times to identify coping strategies or just make anything easier for the family and the client. And so hopefully that we are doing in the very beginning and letting families know what's available to them. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's so important uh, that education of, you know, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go backwards now and and go back to what brought you to the field. What brought that and and you said it was that experience with the kids, that engagement. And do, can you share a memory that you've had as far as, you know, one of uh, over the past seven years, I was with this child over the summer, and we did this. It was. Uh, it, it, one of those stories that really kind of illuminates what's possible with creativity and ABA. Absolutely. I had a client that he was um, limited vocally, but, and it was really difficult to find activities that were interesting to him for a long period of time. And so with that summer was difficult. We did a lot of outdoor activities, but it was difficult to have it be constructive until we went to horseback riding and it was just a complete 180. He was, he was just so happy in, in that, in that environment and his body was calmer. We were able to actually get work done while he was riding a horse, which I never thought was possible. But <laughs> he, his, his language development was improving, his receptive skills, and it was one of the best summers. Just out at this ranch while he was riding horses, and it was, it was amazing watching the transformation. I bet you never thought that that would be your work environment. <laughs> I, love I truly do love work every day. Yeah, I've, I've been there and done that. I mean, at, not the horseback, but I mean, I think I spent a whole week almost in a pool the entire time because that's where the child wanted to spend their time. And that's where they were willing and able to learn. And it was like, right. you know, let's do it. Why not? Let's make this work. And I think it's that creativity that gives the experience of this is summer, this is the sunshine, I'm out here having fun, yet I can still maintain treatment so that I can become more independent and not rely on adult supports for long-term. And I think it's so important. So I guess that to go full circle is that, I mean, as we're talking about getting kids in the community and giving a more naturalistic treatment environment and utilizing all the resources. What is it that inclusive summer fun means to you as a, as a BCBA? It, it just basically means that our kids get to enjoy anything and everything that anybody else should enjoy. And so I feel like we often limit ourselves with just ideas alone and, and getting away from that. I mean, ways to kind of get around it is maybe always having a list or a, a prepared bag. So if you want to have an outing, you know, getting ahead of the stressors and, and packing your noise canceling headphones or your sensory and fidget toys and, and having your emergency contacts and getting your um, support persons in order, whether that be ABA or otherwise. And so allowing our kids to learn and learn trial and error. So there will be some days that we might wish we didn't try an activity, but I think that that's how we learn best. And, and I've failed several times, but I feel like the success stories are worth every failure. And so just allowing our kids to be out in the world as we would want anyone else to be, I think that would be the ideal situation. As a great approach to treatment, but also a great approach to life is yeah. that, you know, if we don't allow ourselves to fail, 
we're never going to learn that next step. And I think that's one thing I've heard almost from every single guest is that we have to allow not just ourselves, but our kids to fail at times, is that we'll never know what they're capable of doing. We'll never know how they adjust to different environments if we don't explore it with them, to allow them the chance to be in it. And the way that you are going about your treatment over the summer, I, I would say that your, your kiddos are going to be at best prepared for being able to experience a lot of this. And, and they're lucky to be able to have somebody with that creativity to be able to design their program. So what words of encouragement do you have for families? Because summer is daunting. It means that my child is not going to school. I'm going to be at home all the time with them. And I think that right now in my house is uh -oh, <laughs> trouble. But what words of encouragement do you have for families on you know, how to make that summer work? Right. I think two things. You're not alone, number one. We are always here to support you. And don't be afraid to try and try again. I often think of fun activities and try them out and sometimes they just don't work. And Or I think because I know a kiddo may like water, they're going to enjoy water balloons. Or And, and I fail and I fail. But you just have to get back up and know success is right around the corner. And with every failure, you learn something. And so for families, taking it one step at a time. Every activity does not need to be complex. Every experience does not need to be the best day ever. And they don't need to do it alone. And so reach out when you need support. We love our jobs and we want to be there to help. And to just keep taking baby steps and get out there and, and enjoy your family and enjoy the sun. Rachel, I appreciate you sharing all your insight and stories. And I hope that you have the chance to sit down with other professionals in the field and, and sit down and almost have that coffee chat just to share some of these things. Because it really is these creative, fun experiences in the field that yeah. drive us. We're in a passion-driven field. And it's having these really unique, cool experiences and sharing them with others that gives that motivation to continue to, to really push ourselves and be more creative in the future. So I appreciate you doing this and taking your time to share with us today. And we hope to have you back again sometime soon. Oh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Autism Weekly. We hope you tune back in next week to learn more about autism in the real world. Autism Weekly is now found on all the major listening apps, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more. Subscribe to be notified when we post a new podcast. Autism Weekly is produced by ABS Kids. ABS Kids is proud to provide diagnostic assessments and ABA therapy to children with developmental delays like autism spectrum disorder. You can learn more about ABS Kids and the Autism Weekly podcast by visiting abskids.com. Thanks for tuning in. See you again next week.